3: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
2: Our next guest is somebody who is just, I'm a major fan of. I mean, this person is a, is a digital marketing expert. Somebody who has focused a lot on the restaurant industry and, and helping all of these, you know, generally small business owners uh, find creative ways to attract more business, get more folks in, and mo- most importantly, uh, keep our bellies full. So, you know, she's a, a fantastic person, and I think she has some great insight, especially during these crazy times. So, without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, Christina Orso. How are you, Christina?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And listen, before we get started, I got to ask you, with all of this uh, lockdown stuff, this pandemic stuff going on, how is your wonderful dog, Marty? How's Marty handling all this?
1: He's better than ever. He he is happy. I'm home 99% of the time. He comes with me everywhere. <laughs> he's fine. He has no idea what's going on.
2: I don't think Marty has the personality of a dog. I think he's more like your uh, your cool college roommate. What do, What do you think about that?
1: Cool college. Yeah. Cool. Lazy roommate.
2: <laughs> yep. And you've been, you've been feeding him a lot of cool stuff there too. Huh? I saw Marty was snacking on some bananas recently.
1: It's so ridiculous. Yeah. So a lot of times, whenever like whenever I make healthy meals for myself, I kind of look at them and I'm like, wait, he could eat most of this. So I, I share some because he's going to be begging off of my plate anyway. So I make him his own, which sounds a little crazy, but he's get he eats very healthy.
2: Yeah, he really does. And in fact, I I would even argue that he eats better than a lot of people I know because I'm telling you, you know, and and he loves food, which is really cool because you do as well. Um, Yeah. I give you a lot of credit because I'm a foodie. I'm I'm a person that really enjoys eating. I enjoy making food. But most of all, I'm fascinated by the marketing behind it and the people who bring this stuff together. It's just really cool stuff. Yeah. So I got a lot of respect for what you do because you help people in the food industry find creative ways to connect with their customer base. Um, in, in fact, explain it in your own words, please. What, what are the services that you uh, provide out there?
1: Sure. So, I primarily, like I said, I work primarily with restaurants and food brands. Um, here in Boston, I work with several restaurants. And I help them with, number one thing is social media marketing. Um, I work on their email marketing, their websites, um, anytime they need press releases, any type of setting up events, working with local influencers. So it's, it's pretty much everything under the digital marketing umbrella. But the majority of what I do is social media, photography, and email messaging.
2: Which is pretty cool. And, and folks, I definitely, we'll, we'll give the social media stuff and the website later so you can check out some of the awesome photography, food photography that uh, Christina has put out there just really you know, makes you want to jump in the picture and eat something. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's cool. Now, tell me though, uh, Christina, and, and I understand that because of your, your business, you can't get too specifics with your, your specific clients. So mm-hmm. I'll ask you from a general standpoint, how are folks handling this whole pandemic, especially as it relates to restaurants who would offer, you know, dine in and now they have to convert exclusively to take out and delivery and curbside, all that good stuff there.
1: Yeah. I would say it's very interesting to see the different, my different clients as different owners, their personalities vary so much. And it's just like from you or I, how we would handle a crisis differently. It's the same thing that's going on right now. Some are in complete utter shock and, you know, pivoting and others are, taking this as a chance to reevaluate so much of the business, whether it be processes, systems, staff, how much staff is needed. So I think if anything right now, everyone is kind of taking it day by day and figuring out what to do because we're all taking this day by day. I mean, it's changing constantly. We've now been a week into takeout and delivery only. And everyone that I work with, right now has stayed on for takeout and delivery. A couple have reduced their hours. Um, a couple have, you know, kind of shortened their menu. Kind of everyone is doing different things. And I think it also varies depending on the neighborhood that they're in the, whether they are a sit down restaurant, whether they're high end, whether they're casual, whether they focus mostly on takeout anyway. So everyone has kind of seen different challenges. Um, but in general, I think everyone pretty much has, well, I shouldn't say everyone, everyone I work with has the ability to do takeout um, and delivery. And, you know, a couple of mine had a higher percentage of takeout and delivery anyway. So they're actually doing better than ever, which is crazy to say. Um, But like I said, I think they're all taking it one day at a time and literally looking at the business models all day, every day, and thinking, what, what was today like? What did we do right? What do we need to do tomorrow? How can we keep you know, our doors open?
2: Great stuff there. And, and, and tell me, because I've always been curious about this, especially when we're at a time, like we said, that this is literally crisis mode here. I mean, the, the entire landscape of the, the world really has been interrupted, and, and if folks are doing things differently, including how they get their food and, and the food options and what have you. Why is it so important for restaurants in particular who are doing this takeout stuff? Why is it so important for them more than ever to focus on the way that they market themselves?
1: You know, first and foremost, well, at least at the first few days, I think more people were maybe thinking that they shouldn't eat out at all, that they should just not even leave the house, that they should only get groceries. And so a lot of the restaurants were really focusing on reassuring the customers that they have the situation in control and they're, they're taking the measures for containing, you know, the virus and keeping things sanitary and cleaning like crazy and just taking the measures that the government and the city is requiring to stay open. And so the, fir- the first thing is that general awareness that, you know, we're doing everything we can not only to stay open, but to serve you in a healthy, safe environment. Um, and then the next thing is just Really paying attention to what your customers need at this time, treating them like royalty in a sense and making sure that they feel valued because right now we need them more than ever to stay open. But at the same time, marketing to them without selling to them because right now no one wants to be sold to. They want to just be related to. It's really nice to see everyone kind of coming together as a community and not just staff and employees with customers, but the restaurants as a community coming together and kind of sharing what each other is doing.
2: Wow, that's, that's great stuff. And you know, as we know, it, the importance of being a good neighbor. I mean, if you're a good neighbor, yes. you're sharing information, you're, you're receiving information, you're doing things in conjunction with one another because you want to keep the community as healthy as possible. So it's great to hear that, you know, at least within your clients and some of these other folks that you're seeing, their neighbors, they're being good neighbors to each other and keeping each other informed and sharing information as opposed to hoarding information and keeping it for themselves there. When we think about different municipalities and, and, and states and what have you, Jesus, countries that have been on lockdown, legitimately, you know, people are being restricted. They can't just come and go as they normally would. And you know, to a certain extent, we're experiencing that now here in Massachusetts. What is it about the restaurant industry that makes it, in your opinion, essential? Because I know that we, we talk about the grocery stores and the convenience stores, and that's that's very easy to wrap your, your head around. But why would uh, a burger company or a pizza shop be essential in the sense that even during an emergency, it is imperative that a, a business like that Stay open and continue to operate and continue to feed as many people as they can
1: the first thing that I think of you know as a consumer is people we live in an age of convenience and Silly as it sounds not everyone enjoys cooking and not everyone knows how to do it and We're still very used to getting off work and picking something up on the way home or getting it to go menu for later because we might have to work longer hours and to completely switch that mindset from Convenience to oh no I'm doing everything for myself now I don't think people are ready for and of course yes when it comes down to it we would figure it out but right now that's just not the way that we're used to living um, so I think the mindset is right now is you know still not only use those restaurants that are open but support them which is really cool and like I said as a consumer. I've noticed a, sh- like a mental shift of not just going and getting takeout because I feel lazy on a Friday night or I want to treat myself. It's like, oh my gosh, that restaurant is doing what they can do to stay open, to feed us. I'm going to go support them and buy their food. And it's a, it's a very mutual feeling of taking care of each other. And I mean, I probably ate out more than ever in the past few days because I feel like it's almost a. it's a a weird way to say this, but it's my responsibility to give back to them because the restaurant industry has given so much to me all my life. Yeah. It's just helping each other out right now. so important.
2: In terms of your clients, how important is it? And do you have any suggestions in terms of how they're handling their staffing needs and and their situations? Because let's be honest here. I mean, they are in a situation where from a financial standpoint, there could be some, some gigantic mountains and some pretty low uh, valleys there. You know, From day to day, their financial situation could be changing. Are you giving any tips on how they should be handling their, their staffing situations at all?
1: No, I don't really advise on anything op- on the operations side, but I can say that what I have seen is most of them are going to a skeleton crew or, you know, using just salaried employees or managers, which, you know, is heartbreaking for everyone involved, but just really getting down to like specifically who they need, which to try to take a positive spin on that. I think the restaurants are learning who they can get by with and, you know, are they overstaffing at times or do they, you know, who in their crew is working and loyal and, you know, you're, they're learning these things, but yeah, I I don't advise so much on operations, mostly just the marketing aspect of things, which, you know, again, everyone has been treating it a little bit differently. And I mean, I'm happy to get into some tips too, if you'd like.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, one, one question that I have and, it's something that I know that you utilize and you, you uh, encourage, and definitely you've inspired me to continue to do this. On social media, when you get food from a place, take a photo of it and tag the place. Talk mm-hmm. about how much you enjoyed the meal so you can spread the word, especially when you find something that you enjoy. Can, can you speak to something like that? And Even on the side of the consumer, our responsibility in that sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a consumer, I think, you know, there's there's several different ways you can still support. I mean, the, the biggest one that I'm seeing people do is buying gift cards for to use later or gift cards to give away as gifts, um, buying merchandise that the business is selling, um, and and really just paying attention on social media. I mean, I can honestly say myself, my social media, I mean, I'm always on social media because it's my career, but it's up more than ever because people want to know what's going on, and it's not just... The news. It's what's going on in their community at home. So I think, you know, really paying attention to that people are on their phones right now. They're all over social media and utilizing that and not letting it go is super important right now and really staying, making sure your business is top of mind. And the most important thing to know is that you want to do it. And again, in that way where you're providing value, you're answering questions you're supporting your community without selling them and pushing your product like you normally would. So it's a much softer, I don't know if softer is the right word, much softer, gentler way of marketing right now but it's actually really nice to see because you're not you're not being spammed with a ton of unnecessary ads in your Facebook feed. Right now it's all about connecting with your community and kind of taking care of each other. And it's a very interesting shift. And it makes me wonder too going forward if marketing will, you know, take kind of a turn in how we sell our services and products.
2: Wow, that's that would be interesting to see. And and definitely it would be more of a grassroots sort of, of way of marketing, which would be a lot more customer friendly. So that's right. that's pretty interesting there. What other sort of best practices, if we haven't already covered it at all, whether it be for the business owners, the consumers, what have you, or are there any other tips, important things that you want to get out there to everybody? Because please keep in mind, our audience base is all over the world. Mm-hmm. So even though you're based here in New England, these are tips that people all over the world will be able to apply and consider and what have you.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, social listening is huge right now because when businesses typically marketing, they're pushing products, they're pushing their services. I think a flaw in a lot of businesses is that they don't really do that social listening where basically what I mean is, listening to your customers and what they're looking for from your product or service and really kind of reversing that and thinking, how can I help them? How can I give them what they're looking for? Or slash, how can I create a product that actually helps them? I think just really listening to what your customers and fans are looking for, supporting them, answering any questions, being super transparent about, you know, things you're working on, any changes you've made. Again, that transparency is really big right now too. People are looking for answers. They're looking for comfort, you know, getting yourself out there. Even if owners behind the brand want to, you know, send a message. If just kind of like showcasing that human behind the brand, I think is really important right now.
2: We've spoken about your social media and how awesome it is, especially with the photos and you got the great daily videos. You and Marty, I mean, legitimately you guys are my favorite uh, show on social media because it, it literally is like watching a show they're like a TV show what have you please <laughs> let everybody know how can they they reach you both on on Instagram and wherever else but also your website if they want to get more information I'm telling you restaurant owners out there you small business owners I'm telling you you customers out there just from a general standpoint Christina Orzo has some great stuff that you definitely want to check out and it's entertaining in addition to being informative. So please, Christina, plug that stuff for us. Oh,
1: first of all, thank you so much. Sure. My website is my full name, ChristinaOrso.com, and my Instagram, it's super simple. It's at ChristinaOrso.
2: Okay. Before I let you go, I got to ask you one last important question here. This sure. is the big one now. All right. Okay. <laughs> what type of uh, dog is Marty again?
1: <laughs> Marty's a golden doodle.
2: That's right. He's a golden doodle with all his shaggy hair and what have you there. Yep. So. You are a person who interacts with so many different um, businesses within the food industry. You get to eat all of these amazing meals. You take the photos of it, what have you. A lot of times you'll bring Marty along or you bring the stuff home and Marty gets to sample some of that. (laughs) What's Marty's favorite meal, favorite restaurant meal that he just can't get enough of he loves a snack on?
1: Oh, my gosh. Hands down, Chick-fil-A soft serve ice cream. (laughs) really (laughs) yeah I mean I guess that's a that's a national brand so I I, I, let me think about local but oh my gosh yeah so though this is terrible to say but the first weekend I got him I like was it was Memorial Day weekend I was walking him around everywhere and we discovered you know I picked up ice cream and even as a little baby he loved it but yeah vanilla soft serve ice cream from local places oh this is easy so we live very very close to Mortadella Head in Davis Square and what, to the point where when we're walking down College Ave, he knows which door to turn to because the owners give him little pieces of the Italian meatballs. <laughs> so yes, I would say locally, his favorite is Italian meatballs from Morta Delahead.
2: Man, how cool is that? I mean, to talk to a digital marketing specialist like Christina Orso is just so cool. And I really appreciate that she took the time to give folks such great information i mean legitimately the restaurant industry the food industry as a whole is really so important and it's amazing the things that we don't think about you know when times are great when times are typical it's when we have these these crisis moments that we realize what's so important the things that we take for granted and certainly when it comes to restaurants You know, especially the ability to do takeout right now. Just so important. So important. So I I really appreciate Christina providing some information and best practices, especially how to support the local takeout restaurants. I mean, restaurants in general, if they're doing takeout right now, which, you know, for the states that are ordering stay-at-home orders, and I know throughout the nation, that's what's being suggested right now. This is a great time for folks. If you can afford to do it, please support your local takeout restaurants—the ones that are still around. Please order some food, you know, pick it up or have them delivered, whatever. Just let's do our part and continue to keep our communities uh, as protected as possible until we get over this hump. You know, that's for sure. That's for sure. Listen, folks. Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. As you know, this is the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope your loved ones are are safe and healthy. You know, a special shout-out to everybody out there, our first responders, our transportation folks, our grocers, our restaurant folks, everybody in between. Just shout-out to everybody. You know, hopefully I can provide you with some entertaining conversation. You know, to kind of take you away from the craziness that's been going on all over the world right now. That's the the goal here. In fact, you know something? I'm just gonna jump right into it because I have a guy who is legitimately one of the great voices in pro wrestling today. So without further ado, let me jump right into my special conversation with the one, the only Rich Bokini.
4: Literally one of the most beloved voices in pro wrestling today. Mr. Rich Bokini. how are you there, Rich? Hey,
0: Duke, and thanks for the uh, the flowery introduction, most beloved. First time at, I would think most hated, but uh, no, man, I, <laughs> I I appreciate it, and uh, no, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk to uh, to a fellow ahead
4: You got that right. You got that right. Even though I'm a mass hole here, and, and you know, Rich is a New England guy, folks, so we we definitely have a lot in common in that sense. I, I got to ask you something though, Rich, real quick. I had. Uh, Tony Shivani on the show before in fact I, I end every episode with with him he, he was gracious enough to do my my ending and uh I think he might be the only person who has something smart to say about you because you're a New England guy what's the deal with this Shivani? I mean he, he needs to have his chair higher than everybody else I hear he's even been been pushing around poor Dean Malenko uh, recently well what's the deal with Shivani? is is he has he gone Hollywood or something
0: I think he's definitely gone Hollywood. I think uh I think the bright lights of AEW have uh have gotten to his sixty something year old ass and inflated his head to the 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 size of ten Tony Schiavone's.
4: That's it. You know you know what I heard recently? I heard that he even has picked the the uh cat hair off of himself and he and he actually has cut his nails, his fingernails and what <laughs> have you. It's he's a whole new man nowadays. It's it's, it's just ridiculous. Oh, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing what those uh you know what that what that big TNT money does for
4: you,
0: eh? <laughs> I, I loved working with Tony. That was a blast.
4: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you because, I mean, literally, you're talking about one of the voices of our, our lifetime, I mean, our childhoods. We grew up listening to Tony Schiavone, especially down there in Jim Crockett promotions and what have you. So for you to work side-by-side side with him as you did there in MLW, I mean, did you pinch yourself every time, or how long did it take before you actually got used to it?
0: It was funny. When Court Bauer told me who my commentary partner was going to be, he actually called me up, and <laughs> he, <laughs> he said to me, uh, how do you feel about working with Doink the Clown? And I'm thinking to myself, isn't Matt going – didn't he pass away a couple of years? So, you know, and, and all these thoughts were running through my head, and I was like, as long as the check clears Court, I don't care, right? And uh, so we start laughing. He goes, no, 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 you're going to be working with Tony Schiavone. And I was like, really? And uh it's funny because I had actually, you know, so for a long time, Tony kind of shut himself off from wrestling. As a Crockett promotion fan, he was legitimately probably one of the first play-by-play announcers that in any sport that I really identified with. And that I really understood that play-by-play was something you could do. I reached out to him a couple times because, you know, he was, you know, the voice with with Gwinnett, the Gwinnett Braves, um, or the Stripers or whatever they are now. But he, he was doing that and he would come through Pawtucket. So, I, you know, I, hey, Tony, you know, next time you're in Pawtucket, go to the house of pizza, you know, whatever. And he actually had me be blocked on Twitter because he had a, a bunch of wrestling people blocked on Twitter. So it was funny not only getting to know him, but saying, hey, when why do you go block me on Twitter? So, anyway, uh, Tony Tony was fun to, to work with, and, uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of people only remember Tony from his WCW run, like, late in his WCW run, when, admittedly, he didn't care anymore. Uh, but his Crockett stuff, I put up there with, with anybody, and it was awesome getting to getting work with him and getting to
4: know him he's my all-time favorite and and I I have no shame in saying that uh specifically because you know I'm such a a huge Ric Flair mark I love Ric Flair greatest of all time one of my biggest heroes in life and Tony I understood even as a young kid that Tony was an integral part of helping get Ric Flair over Tony could 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 do a look you know what I mean? When Flair would say mm. something crazy, and he would just give you that cue that yeah, I can't believe this guy just said what he said. And it, it just even watching some of that old stuff uh, on YouTube or what have you today, just to see that and relive that, it's just like man. And Tony was a young guy too when he was doing that. It just you know his instincts are so strong. And talk to us about his instincts, and if you if you picked up on anything when you were working with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tony's just, you know, the thing that, that always impressed me and I, the thing that I always kind of gravitated to, and I, I guess, like, as I got more into play-by-play, this became more obvious, but you can tell he's a baseball guy. He's got that smooth baseball delivery, and I, I like to think in some ways I've I picked some of that up, uh, but just in general, he's just always just cool and collected on camera. Um, for me, I'm kind of like a, a naturally fidgety, anxious idiot, right? So um you, you know you put lights on and a camera and you know it's 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 very easy to you know y- your mind starts starts going a mile a minute but you know working working with Tony I was able to you know just kind of feed off him a little bit just to slow down a little bit take a breath relax have fun with it and um you yeah, know I I think it helped me a lot I, I I really do I think uh I think I've I've improved in in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of that is you know, the, the multitude of different people that I've gotten to work with over the last couple of years. Um, not only picking their brains, but again, you know, T- Tony is just having fun. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected. And, and, you know, now that he's able to just kind of lean back a, a little bit more and, and have fun with it and kind of get to know who some of these guys are. Um, you know, you can tell he's enjoying it again. And that rubbed off on me. Just him having fun and relaxing. And that's, you know, again, I think it helped me a lot.
4: That's that's interesting. That's an interesting call out there because you're a guy who, you're still a pretty young guy in your own right, and yet you are so well accomplished. You, you've had the ability to market yourself, get yourself out there, and, and as a result of that, you've been able to do commentary, not just in pro wrestling, but different types of sport. Tell me, if, if you were to think about all the sports that you've done commentary for your entire life, what would you say is the most challenging sport to call, and what would you say, even from the beginning, you felt it was more of an easier-to-handle type of sport to call?
0: Uh, I'm a hockey guy, first and foremost. Um, I you know Hockey, play-by-play, play for me, I don't want to say it comes naturally, but I find it the easiest sport to call. Uh baseball is infinitely more difficult because it's a slower game and you just have to tell stories the whole time. I, I actually think I'd be better suited now – not now, but I think I'd be better suited calling baseball now than I would have been a couple of years ago um, because when, when you focus on hockey, you're focused on the play. Uh, baseball, to anybody that listens to baseball on the radio – you have to be so much more descriptive. And if you listen to a guy like Vin Scully, his entire broadcast was storytelling. And he would effortlessly weave his way in and out of play-by-play without missing a beat. He was just incredible. And, you know, if you've never had a chance to really listen to, to Vin Scully, especially now that there's no baseball going on, just go and listen to some old Dodger games. It's incredible, the stories that he would tell and the way that he would work things in. None of it sounded forced. Um, But, you know, again, to answer your question, hockey for me is just easier. Um, I I played not at a high level, but I played the game. Um, So there's, you know, somewhat of a natural instinct for things. But, you know, there's not a lot of downtime. You There's not a lot of time to to get sidetracked with with stories. With baseball, God, you know, (laughs) you think of a game that goes – 15 innings, 16 innings, if you get into extra innings, it, it, it just, and I love the game, but my God, I can't imagine being stuck in the 18th inning of a game in the middle of May. You know what I mean? Oh,
4: yeah. You know. <laughs> Some of those marathon games, that's a good or, point, man. Oh,
0: good God. I, you know, I think Japanese baseball has it right where I, I forget what do they play 13 innings or 14 innings or something. And then I, I, I think they play to the ties um, mm. because you know, you just, you know, there's, like, there's no reason for a game in, you know, in the early stages of May to last 20 innings. It's just not. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, like I said, for me, hockey is, uh, is, is the easiest thing to call. I've done, I've done other stuff. I've done arena football. I enjoyed arena football. I did, you know, I did this team CrossFit thing called Grid a couple years ago, which was really interesting. Um, haven't had a chance to do any boxing or, or MMA yet, but I want to, I want to change that going forward. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I've dabbled into yeah, I did soccer, you know, Major League Soccer PA announcing in Houston. Like, I, I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. Um, you know, but for me, hockey is really where the heart is, and, you know, wrestling is right
4: there with it. You know, one of the things that I really respect and, and appreciate about the way that you approach commentary, Rich, is the fact that you are such a big sports fan. And so it, it definitely does shine through in what you choose to talk about whenever you're doing commentary, and, and even you know specifically in MLW, I know that just it really, really sounds good because you're a guy that actually cares. You know, how does it, how does it feel, and and how has it affected you personally when we're dealing with this whole pandemic, with this coronavirus, this COVID nineteen stuff? You being such a huge sports fan, first and foremost, and you being a guy that is able to communicate what is going on, you know, provide the soundtrack to a visual, or even if if there is no visual and it's just you know like a radio, an audio broadcast, or what have you, you're one of those unique people who can see what you're what's going on. Analyze it, understand what's going on, and then be able to communicate that back to everybody else so they can follow along as well. How does it feel to have so many sports leagues just completely press the pause button while we're dealing with this stuff?
0: It's it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. I was um I was actually on my way to San Diego last week, and that was when the NCAA. I was on the plane uh, getting ready to take off, and I saw the NCAA canceled. The tournament, and I was like, "Good God, this thing's getting really bad," you know. And I mean, I knew it was, it wasn't good before that, but that's when it really hits you, like, "Holy crap!" You know what I mean? And I, you know, I think the, the night before the NBA had suspended the season, you know, and then the NCAA did, and then the NHL followed suit not long after, and you know, all the other leagues. Um, that was just one of those there's no other way to say it. that was one of those holy shit moments where it was, I even nudged the lady- you know the lady next to me on the plane I showed her my phone, and like both of our jaws were were a gape. you know it's um it's unprecedented um and it's 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 scary because you know we don't we don't really know what's happening. We don't know how, you know, if you look at what's happening in Italy right now or in Spain, um, you know, Italy in particular, you know, is that what's going to happen here? Um, You know, now you have states that are going on on mandatory lockdowns now. Like, you know, there's, uh, you know, for whatever reason in our culture, sometimes there's, there's pushback whenever, you know, whenever we're told to do something. That that might inconvenience us a little bit. Wow, you can't tell me what to do, free country. Well, you know, this is one of those things that I, I think it's you know people need to stop being selfish and they need to listen to what's going on. You know, um, and it's, and, it's, and the thing is, it's not to prevent everybody from getting the virus. Like the virus is going to spread. The the idea is to to stagger the amount of people getting sick at once so we don't overwhelm the healthcare system. Um, you know, I'm not gonna. I don't want to dive too much further into that. I, you know, I I, I don't want to alienate any any of the audience. But you know, I, I just think people really need to start taking this a lot more seriously than than we have been. Um, you know, that's my soapbox and I'm that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
4: Well, you know, I back you up on that 100. percent I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, when we see what's happening all over the world and even like i said we had adrian from middle kingdom wrestling last week which is you know chinese-based promotion and same deal i mean he's seen it for over three months now and the thing that works is definitely this you know flattening of the curve this this people not congregating what have you stay at home and and just kind of ride this thing out it 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 works so why wouldn't you do it there's really no reason not to do it It's, it's, it's silly not to do it to be honest there Rich talk to me about some of these folks on the indies because I know that you are somebody who is well respected and appreciated by wrestlers on various levels but these independent wrestlers in particular who legitimately they may not have anything else you know they need to make their shots they need to be out there wrestling in order to put food on the table or have you or at least it's their main source of income from your perspective I mean how bad is this for them? And it's brutal,
0: especially, you know, with WrestleMania, um, that's, <laughs> that's a big payday for, for a lot of guys. Um, you know, I, I remember, God, was it New Orleans? It might've been, Orleans. I, I, I forget, but, uh, WrestleMania, it might've, it might've been the New Orleans show, but, you know, I talked to certain guys that had some of them nine, 10 bookings during, uh, you know, during the festivities during Mania week. Um, you couple that with merchandise you know i i know one guy that told me he made something like 12 grand over you know over wrestlemania week which for an independent wrestler is pretty good um it's again it's unprecedented we've never seen anything like this before i mean you know and and it it staggers it down from from everybody like you know you hear about the 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 arenas um you know putting things together to pay they're part-time workers, right? So when the NHL or the, the NFL, the NBA, whatever, the, the Final Four, the tournaments, you have all these part-time people, you know, ticket takers, people working in the concession stands, vendors, secured parking attendants, the whole nine yards. You have all these people that are expecting these hours and they, they, you've budgeted things and you've got bills to pay. You're not not all of us are lucky enough to, uh, to not have to live paycheck paycheck to paycheck and Every single one of those people are hurting. Um, it's I don't know. I don't know what else. What else you do? Uh, you know. I know they're talking about more bailouts for the banks and you know the airlines and, and corporations. Well, what, you know, what about the bailout for the people? That's you know, there's there's no easy answers to, to any of it. Uh, but the whole thing, it's it's affecting the workers. You know, to to an extent, uh, it hasn't so far yet, but it's going to affect people like myself uh you know a lot of the stuff that i do uh i do it in post um for mlw for instance we have enough stuff in the can that's going to get us through as we're as we're doing this today i want to say we can probably get another six weeks out of what we have maybe a little bit longer if we stretch stuff um not every other company is is that lucky um WWE is probably going to have to, you know, apparently they're taping everything up until WrestleMania. What do you do after that, right? Do you have Michael Cole hosting a show, showing old stuff? You might have to do that. I mean, it's it's affecting everybody. It's affecting all industries. You have restaurant workers, you know, where, you know, everything's takeout now. So that's affecting them. You have bartenders. that I have friends that are bartenders that aren't making money friends that are barbers and there's certain states that, you know, they've closed barber shops. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, as a performer, as a wrestler, as an entertainer, if you're in a band or whatever, it's, you can never go into it thinking it's going to be a hundred percent all the time because it's, it's just the way entertainment is. You take a risk when you're in entertainment, but I mean, this is beyond that. This is way beyond that. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, support your favorite indies. Uh And one of the companies I work with out in Seattle, uh, Defy Wrestling. Everything's canceled until June. So it's, you know, either merchandise or on demand, that type of thing. That's what's keeping these companies afloat. That's what's keeping the wrestlers afloat. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more important things that people can spend their money on than buying a t-shirt. Right? But if have some extra money or whatever, if you, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to get a, you know, whatever, Jacob Pottu t-shirt. Well, now, now is the time, right? Um, But it's also understandable, you know, where some people are getting maybe a little myth that guys are putting up GoFundMe's, you know, I see both sides of it.
4: Yeah, that's an interesting point there. And, um, you know, I'll just speak on a personal level. And, And again, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not in the wrestling industry, so to speak. I got a podcast, that's about as close as I get. Uh, but I will say that hey, there are a lot of fans out there who are are willing and have the means to support the people that they care about across the board. You know, whether that be somebody in their community who's outside of their family, whether that be their favorite sports star, including their favorite pro wrestler. So you know, I don't have a problem people setting up GoFundmes because they if if somebody's willing to give you a couple of bucks to to you know get yourself a burger or get yourself something that you can put some food in your belly i mean what's wrong with that that doesn't hurt anybody.
0: no it, no it it exactly you know I, like i said i know there there's been some pushback um you know from a, from a, a minority of, of people but for real you know if this is um like you said if if you've got the means and and, and you can and you can do it now's the time to you know to subscribe to you know i'm going to throw in a plug subscribe to defyondemand.com right or buy the uh, you know buy buy the t-shirt of your favorite wrestler or if you, you know if you're into music or whatever you know a band that had to cancel a tour get buy their music buy their t-shirt um this is if you can do it this is the time to do it but you know again no we don't know what's coming so it's, it's it's not surprising seeing a lot of people trying to hoard their money away and you know put a big slice in the mattress and hide their money in
4: there richard how are you personally handling this? I mean, what are you doing to kind of keep yourself grounded, keep your head above water here? I know you got a family that you are, are somebody that, you know, you're a person that they look to for a certain degree of leadership and what have you. You've got people that you care about, same deal, uh, because you're you're a guy that has a lot together, and you're a guy that has your, your hands in a lot of pots. You're able to manage a lot of things, high-stress situations, Um you have demonstrated that you're a reliable, dependable person. But at the same time, it's those of us who, who are like that that truly really need to make sure that we're doing what we can to make sure we're okay. Is there anything in particular that you're doing just to keep yourself grounded or any any tips you can give to anybody else listening who may be in a similar situation as yourself?
0: Uh, I, <laughs> I wish I had some kind of uh, astute, something to 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 pass along but i i I really don't um you know besides you know i i I stumbled across uh the idea that you can download stuff from your local library so like if you have a library card you can download books i'm reading uh sean avery's book right now ice capades um that was able to download from from the library so you know uh, everybody's trying to stretch their budgets right now and that's 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 an easy way you know you, you got time and you know you know i'm thinking about reading this book you know maybe you can't afford to buy it on amazon or whatever but you know, the local library probably has it and uh if you don't want to go you can just download it so i you know i i, I guess that's probably my uh you know my my tip to maybe save a couple bucks and, and entertain yourself but um you know i'm just trying to trying to keep my head on straight and focus on uh you know, focus on what I can control. There's not a lot that I can't control besides what I do. So I'm trying to stay home as much as I can. I'm hanging out with the cat and reading, watching, uh, watching documentaries. And, uh, you know, I work from home to begin with, and that's both a, a blessing and a curse. Uh, right now it appears it's maybe a little bit more of a blessing.
4: You know, it's interesting that you say that, though, Rich, because you're a guy who we depend on to – Continue to to keep sharp communication skills because we need you to to interpret what's out there and and make it make sense for us. Uh, you know what I mean. Not only whether we see it or not, we need you to communicate it to us. So the fact that you are are catching up on your reading, you know, you're you're actually utilizing your library card. That's that's a, a pretty cool uh, tip there. In general, do you consume a lot of? Do you do a lot of reading, what have you? Is is that one of the secrets to your success, on so how you're able to be such a great communicator? Oh, well,
0: again, I I appreciate the you know the the pats on the back. I don't uh, you know I don't necessarily know that I, that I see myself in that light, and that's um somebody who's a performer. And I've talked to other people about it. There's 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 always kind of like an anxiety there. Like, am I am I doing well enough? Did I screw this up? Did I you know what can i do better um so that's always running through my mind so again you know i i, I appreciate the, the pats on the back um you know my my mindset is you know I, I don't number one i don't feel like i'm at where i want to be so you know it's, it, it's 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 one of those things where sometimes you you feel that you're you feel that you're doing maybe better work than you did previously you feel like you've grown and you know maybe the uh you know the the financial success isn't necessarily following that the way that, that you thought you would so you know that's broadcasting and that's entertainment in general it's, fe- it's feast or famine so i you know reading is definitely something that i just kind of clear my mind and in, in, in escape um you know music's the other the other thing so you know a lot of people find inspiration in 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 a lot of different things you know i i i'd love to be one of those people that gets out and goes on a run or goes for a walk and and i don't i don't do enough of that um so maybe that's something that i'll i'll do here you know uh, in 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 short order depending on how much longer we're uh we're we're locked in
4: our cages. I hope you indie wrestlers are listening right now because the Rich Bokini is saying that he may take up some kind of running or, or maybe one of your challenges there. So If you have any kind of specific fitness challenge that you want to nominate Rich for Please, oh <laughs> please send it out there. Let's see what we can come up with because no. I think this could get downright interesting here, you know?
0: No, 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 I'm not. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I, w- I, w- I will say this, that uh, and I've gotten lazy with it here, but there, there was a spell when I was in the gym all the time, um, you know, not like I never lifted to, you know, to get to get jacked or anything. It was, I, was, I was encouraged to go by an employer. Um, and I, Got in pretty good shape, you know, best shape that, that, I've, that I've ever been in. I was playing street hockey down here in Florida, going to the gym, and, like, I, I hadn't been able to run like that <laughs> probably since high school. Um, but I've kind of slacked off on that, and it's uh, probably something else I need to do. Just get a, you know, get my – so who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe someday I'll have that big match.
4: The Rich Bokini Challenge. I'm just going to put that out there, folks. If somebody wants to make a, a hashtag – uh, You know, I'll be OK with that. The Rich Bokini Challenge. You never know. That's right. Listen, Rich, let everybody know, since we're talking about this stuff here, what's the best way that folks can reach out to you? Because legitimately, you're a guy who if you lend your voice to a product and I'm talking to all of you promoters out there, no matter what sport it is, no matter what's going on, whatever is is competitive. If you have a guy like Rich Bokini lend his voice to your product, instantly, it's going to be that much better because this guy legitimately is one of the more respected people doing it today across the board. He's somebody that you don't have to 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 dig too deep to hear the accolades and and the the uh, respect that his peers and others in the in the various industries have for him out there, especially in pro wrestling, which is. Uh, you know for the most part how I personally know of Rich but Rich how can people reach out to you personally plug your social media plug all that stuff for us please
0: the uh, easiest way to get me is on twitter and uh it's just my name rich Bokini. b o c c h i n i rich Bokini on twitter uh that's the easiest way i also have a website um that i need to i need to do some retooling around but it's rbvotv.com rbvotv so either one of those places, pretty easy guy to to get a hold of. Eventually, sometimes sometimes it takes some juggling the schedule, but I'm relatively easy to reach.
4: You know, Rich. Before I let you go, I gotta ask you because you you brought it up a little while ago. There, you have your cat there. What's your cat's name?
0: Uh, Lily is her name, actually, Lily.
4: Okay, so you have Lily. Yeah, I gotta know this here because we had we had Laura, the the dog lover, uh, last week. She was on the show. And I know uh, one of my guests this week, Christina, you know, she has her her doodle, uh, uh, Marty the dog as well. So you have Lily the cat. What is Lily's favorite treat to have, especially now that, that uh, you're home even more the last couple of weeks here? What's Lily's favorite treat that she just can't get enough of?
0: Uh, usually it's uh, it, it, it's some type of Frisky's party mix. Uh, right now, she's going with the chicken and gravy flavors of the, uh, the gravy-licious crunch. Uh, but she had these dental treats that she enjoyed. And if I ever have chicken, Lily does not like chicken. She loves
2: chicken. You know what's interesting about Rich Bokini? I mean, here's a guy that legitimately, he's one of the top voices in pro wrestling today. And it's funny because, you know, we didn't really touch upon it too much. But Rich was in, in NXT at one point, right? So he was learning under Michael Cole. When you go through the folks that Rich has worked with, I mean, you talk about Tony Schiavone and and Jim Cornette and Michael Cole. I mean, just, you know, on and on and on and on. The guy can only succeed, you know. And, of course, he's had his challenges, just like the rest of us. I mean, professionally, we're always striving for more. We we always are looking to achieve more than what we've been able to achieve up to our, our points there. Nonetheless, it's important to take a step back and think about how far you've come. You know where have you been, where you are, and where you plan on going tomorrow. So I, I just I got a lot of time for a guy like Rich Bocchini. I, I really appreciate him, and that was just a great conversation because it was different. I don't think I've ever heard a an interview with Rich Bokini that sounded like that before, and that's what's happening today, folks. I mean, it, it all this craziness going on, this pandemic stuff going on. It's it's forcing us to look at life from a different lens than maybe we we traditionally do. It's forcing us to reset, you know, and figure some things out. So, again, I just really appreciate Rich Bokini. Great guy. Please check him out, you know, MLW, or check him out when he's doing his his countless other sports and what have you. Go on YouTube, look him up. Uh, He has a lot of stuff out there already. Follow his social media. Rich is a good dude. He's a good dude. Okay, listen, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, (laughs) I got something really interesting because I got a guy on the line right now who has a lot to say. So quick break. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) This is Alexa, and this is Brianna, and
4: we're, Sugar and, and we're Sugar and Spice, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. All right, folks. So you know that uh, I encourage everybody who's listening to you know send your comments online at Duke Loves Wrestling on Twitter, on Facebook, you name it. Also, Duke Loves Wrestling at Gmail.com. But I got to tell you, I I just received a call, which is pretty interesting. And I said, you know, this guy was all wound up, one of you you faithful listeners here. And I said, you know something? Let me push him through. Let me get him on the line because uh, he has something to say and he wants to make sure that I hear it. So I want to share it with the rest of you. You know, why not? So got him on the line right now. and, 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 sir, you said your name is Billy? Yes, sir. But where are you from, Billy?
3: I am from one of the greatest cities in the world, if not the greatest city. I'm from Boston.
4: Well, I guess that's debatable, but okay. <laughs> so, so, Billy from Boston. Uh, what do you do for work, Billy? Uh,
3: I'm in the construction industry.
4: You're in, Billy from Boston is in the construction industry. Okay, sure. I mean, the way that you were talking to me a minute ago, it, it makes me sound it, it sounds like you're from the uh, thumb-breaking industry, but we'll go with that, though. We'll go with it. So So, Billy from Boston, Billy the construction guy. Okay, you called up and you're pretty passionate. You had something to say, so I'm, I'm going to give you an open mic here. You you go ahead and and let me have it. Tell me what's on your mind, Billy.
3: You know, I, I I religiously listen to your podcast and I usually enjoy it, but lately, you've been going under the coronavirus and everything else, and I really think you need to give it a rest for a little while. You know, we're we're all hearing it on the news and social media, and you know, I think it's taking a toll on some people. And uh, I think you need to get back what you do best and talk about wrestling, my friend. I, I think that's what people need. They need that escape. They need that break. Okay, okay.
4: You know, Billy, I, I think that um, first of all, I respect your point of view. I think that's a, that's a fair call out. I mean, here on Duke Loves Wrestling, this is a, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. But maybe I've I've gone a little too far over to the everything else side. So that, that's a fair. That's a fair call-out. So then let's jump into it then, Billy, since I got you on the line. Let's talk about some wrestling. Did you watch uh, NXT last night? Were you able to to catch uh, WWE NXT on USA Network? I did, yes. Okay. All right. So what did you think of the show? Just give me your uh, general point of view there because, you know, with everything that's been impacted by the virus, so much has changed, including, you know, these wrestling shows like NXT having to perform – in front of nobody live like literally there's no audience so it's just we who are watching on tv and online and what have you what's your general impression of the show from last night
3: uh actually i thought last night's show was really good to be honest um they they kicked off great they brought back an old fan with tyler breeze and they had him go with austin theory who that kid can absolutely go Uh, i think he's going to be an absolute stud in in the near future you know and then you had a, a debut with the the new tag team coming in, attacking Riddle at the very uh, end of his match with Roderick Strong, which was another good one. Um, and then all, to end it, you had the promo with Triple H with Chopper and Gargano. And I I thought it was very intense. And he made a great reference point to how it was him and Sean back in the day and made, made the comparison that they were similar to how him and Sean did things and it needed to end. And I thought all three were very good. And then you had, you know, the the tease at the very end with across coming across the screen, I think that's gonna be a you know, a big jumping point in the to too. So, I mean, it, it left you wanting more. It you know, got you excited for for down the line with what they're gonna do with everything.
4: It it's interesting that you say that there. It's interesting that you say that there because like you said, Triple H drawing that comparison with uh Ciampa and, and Gargano similar to what he and Shawn Michaels went through, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, their feud that lasted for you know well over a decade. What do you think of this Chiampa and, and Gargano feud? Do you think that it's worth all of the promotion that they have behind it? I mean, legitimately, NXT has made this the the focal point, the number one issue going on leading into... What was supposed to be takeover, but now is going to be spread out for the next couple of weeks, starting April first. There, um, do you think this was the feud to to hit your wagon to, or or do you think they're making a mistake
3: with this year, Billy? Uh see, I'm kind of torn because I do love the feud. I think they're both absolute workhorses, and they've you know done a great things. And you know, I since I've been watching them on NXT, um, I did follow them a little bit in the Indies, but you know, NXT is where I was you know really got behind them both um but i think they're missing you know what the empty arena is kind of killing them with this other part you had the return of elveteen dream who is my personal favorite the guy is an absolute star and it is the future i believe in my opinion and the <laughs> missed opportunity here with everything that's going on in the world to, to reference it once um with him and Cole going into take, take over and WrestleMania, well, excuse me, WrestleMania season, I think you're missing out big time. So you can't get fully behind that just yet. You, you stick to what you know, and these guys are going to give you, you know, a, a five-star match, no question with Gargano and Ciampa. So yeah, you have to go with this. You know, I, I see, you know, if, if people have watched it by now or they, they, DVI it however they do it, but if you haven't seen it yet or uh, listened to it, you know, you can see Triple H is trying to push it to a uh, you know, hey we're gonna put it in the grand stage and they they want, you know, they they recommend the empty arena, which I get. It kinda makes sense for this time. Um but those guys are gonna those guys are gonna tear the house down. And I remember a few takeovers ago that they went at it and it was an absolute war. And I, I can't wait to see it again. But I to be honest, I'd rather see Dream and Cole, because I think that would be another match that would be you know, be fantastic to watch, you know, for the first time, in, in my opinion. And I think Dream, does he doesn't need the championship, but I'd like to see him get it because he deserves it. He's got an absolute workhorse for them.
4: Well, that's the, I, I'll tell you right now, you definitely are somebody who is passionate about your pro wrestling fandom and, and you know, your analysis is, is pretty detailed. That's good stuff there. Billy the Construction Worker, I'm wow, impressed by that. So let me ask you then, uh, Billy, because you, you said you watched NXT last night and you thought it was a really good show. Did you watch AEW Dynamite, you know, the other show that comes on Wednesday nights, the Wednesday Night War and what have you? Were you able to check their show out this week?
3: Uh, no, I didn't. I did see it last week um, because, like I said, I I like the matches. I, I do like promos, but I knew there was going to be, you know, some uh downtime on NXT last week with no matches really. They you know they did a hour you know two hour long thing with Gargano and Ciampa. So I kind of flipped back and forth last week and uh which I've done in the past. And um I was waiting on the arrival of the exalted one and to see if they'd go with Hardy or you know or the former Luke, Harper, Brody Lee. And uh which you know you knew Hardy was gonna end up there and you knew Brody Lee was going to end up there, and they, you know, Hardy's been a great talent, you know, from way back in the day of the Hardy Boys and everything else. When he got into WWE way back when, Brody Lee's, I believe, was underutilized at WWE and could have done a little bit more. But you know, also it go, it's a two way street there. Maybe things he didn't, he, maybe he wasn't doing things to get get his push with WWE. Who knows? He had a good run, Intercontinental Champion, you know. Wyatt family, but uh, I watched AEW last week and you know I watched it for the debuts and basically that was it. I didn't feel the need to watch again this week. Jericho and Hardy, I heard squared off. I saw it on Twitter. I watched a few things there, but that was early this morning and still nothing that I really would gravitate to. I'd rather NXT. I mean, I like I said that first match between Breeze and Theory was. Something that grabbed me, and then I watched the remainder of the show. I felt no, need, no reason to switch back and forth. Wow. Billy, the
4: construction worker, letting you know that he prefers NXT over AEW Dynamite. That's that's interesting stuff there. He laid it all out there. I said, Billy, did, did you get a chance to check out, uh, since you're a big wrestling fan, did you get a chance to check out any of the um, Dark Side of the Ring, the, the Chris Benoit version of Dark Side of the Ring? Have you seen any of that stuff yet?
3: I actually just finished part one. I finished part one maybe about an hour and a half ago.
4: Oh, okay. So so this is fresh here. Yes. Sir. What's your after watching that and seeing a lot of the background behind Chris Benoit and who he he is as a person, at least you know, as as told by people who knew him best, has your impression at all of, of Chris Benoit has it changed at all? I don't know.
3: Were you a fan of
4: his growing up or what have
3: you? I was, yeah, you know, because I'm actually, you know, you know, as you know, I think we're roughly the same age. We've seen a lot of, you know, death in the wrestling industry, and you know, you can kind of, you know, it hurts. You know, you lose somebody that you you watch growing up. I mean, to me, Macho Man and Roddy Piper when they passed away, that that hurt. You know, that that got me. But then you you know have somebody like Benoit who was, you know, relatively young, considering, and you know but I'd been doing it for a very long time. But Benoit to me grew, like, you know, went from, you know, I started watching him in, in WCW, which, you know, may have been after some people had, but I, I started becoming a fan in WCW with him and Andy Guerrero and Chris Jericho and, you know, Dean Malenko, those guys could go. And it showed that the smaller athletes, you know, didn't, you didn't have to be seven feet tall and 300 pounds. You know, you could be five foot ten and two hundred and twenty, and you could go. And these guys did it. And you know, they 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 put forth the work and they put forth the effort, and they made you become a fan of you know technical wrestling. You didn't have to be a power bomb, or you didn't have to do a four fifty splash. You know, you didn't have to do all that stuff. You could be in between and still do the big moves. You could do a power bomb, and it still could be effective. And you could you know do a splash, and it could be effective. These guys were, were, you know, I think probably the best, some of the best I've ever seen, and uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely a fan. And yeah. the, the documentary, the first part at least, definitely, you know, brought back some bad memories because I remember where I was when I found out about it and um, that whole scenario. And it was, as tragic as it was, you, you feel for the family, you feel for his oldest son, you feel for the other families involved. You know, just a, uh, it was a it was a tragic thing, and um, you know, if steroids and CTE were involved, and you know, I know they they kind of not to lay anything out, but there was a lot of blame on the wellness program at WWE. But they, uh, I think, since then they've changed their policy and they've locked it down, and all these guys are getting help now, which is a great thing. But I think they're taking you know concussions a lot more seriously. Than they were, a lot. I shouldn't say them in general. Wrestling and sports in general are taking CTE is a, you know, a main thing now, and they need to because it's it's serious.
4: Good call, good call, and and definitely um, shout out to my good friend Big Vito Legrazo. He's a guy that has been at the on the forefront there on the mm-hmm. battle lines there in regard to CTE awareness, especially in the pro wrestling community. So that's that's a good call out. Anytime C T E is mentioned, um, especially in terms of the analysis of it or people being more aware of it, always gotta give a shout out to Big Vito Legrazo. The guy has literally sacrificed himself, he's been blackballed in the industry because he hasn't stopped talking about the realities of C T E and how that affects himself and fellow wrestlers. So good call there on the on the on the yeah. Benoit documentary and, and I know part two is out as well, folks. Viceland, Viceland, I know on their their YouTube and on their personal website, they had released all of season one of Dark Side of the Ring, and I believe the Benoit documentary, at least part one, is online available to everybody, so please check that out. Listen, Billy, you seem like an all right guy. I mean, even though I, I swear... I know you say you're a construction worker, but you you probably are a thumb breaker. But you seem like an all right guy. Why don't you tell everybody? Do, do you have any any social media, or do you have anything that you want to plug right now?
3: Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I just you know with the whole isolation thing and social distancing, I started doing TikToks with my kids. And uh, so I I have a I just created my own TikTok page. I only have three out there, but I plan on doing a few more. I got a few more in the arsenal awesome that I can bust out for some people. Um, I, I I will think about taking requests if need be. But, uh, yeah, that's it. at GOAT, G O A T, 2483. And also, my Instagram page is the exact same thing. I, uh, usually put the TikTok there. If you, you know, if you don't have TikTok and you wanted to see it on Instagram, that's, that's fine too.
4: So, hold on. Let, let me, let me see if I get this straight here. Because, you know, earlier you said that you and I are probably around the same age, which is pretty interesting. And, and you're, you're a grown man. You have kids. Uh, um, <laughs> So you're telling me that you have a TikTok and that you're taking requests. So so you have a TikTok, uh, Billy the construction worker, Billy the guy from Boston, Billy the guy who's probably a thumb breaker. You have a TikTok.
3: Yeah, I mean I got half the time somehow In to keep the world entertained.
4: Okay, I, I got to ask you this because,
3: <laughs>
4: I mean, Jesus, I, I just, I've i heard a lot of crazy stuff, man, but this is, this is you know, you were all right in the beginning with the pro wrestling analysis, and I'm not trying to cause any problems here, but I got to <laughs> ask you a question here, Billy the Construction Worker. Aren't you a little old to be having a TikTok?
3: Uh, you know, maybe, but aren't we a little, you know, watching grown men run around in their underwear?
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Billy, the construction guy. Wow, intense dude, huh? But but he knows his stuff. I mean, I gotta give him credit. He knows his stuff, and he, you know, he kind of got me at the end there. Yeah, yeah. We do enjoy watching, uh, ladies and gentlemen, have uh, predetermined matches against each other while they're running around in the equivalent of their underwear. It is kind of strange, but it's entertaining. So, what do you say? <laughs> And, and, you know, like I said, Billy brought up a good point there. Um, it is imperative that the show continue to maintain its its ultimate goal. I mean, this is a pro wrestling show. There's no two ways about it. But, folks, you know, I won't ignore the top stories in the world either. You know? I, I And especially the things that are affecting our lives, I got to bring it up. I just have to. And it's interesting to me to hear from others and how they deal with the challenges from everyday life, you know? But, of course, I'll keep the pro wrestling content coming and and make sure that I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that many of you are tuning in to hear that pro wrestling content. If you pick up something else in addition, that's great, but the pro wrestling content can't go away. That's for sure. That's for sure. I want to remind everybody, again... Duke loves wrestling. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Duke loves wrestling at gmail.com. Please keep sending your comments. Keep sending your, your audio clips. Who knows? Maybe I'll have you on the show like I just did uh, Billy the construction guy. You never know. That's right. That's right. Listen, folks, I want to remind you. You know what's funny? The mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, he's a guy that um, I know pretty well. And it's funny because he, he almost. Used my phrase during one of his addresses to the uh, to the city and really to the world the other day. You know, he started to say, "Hey, be kind to yourselves," and I said, "Up, up, up!" Even my bodyguard was like, "Is he about to say what I think he's about to say?" But then he he changed it up in a different way. But it's just it's funny because it's such a strange concept that you hear and somebody says to you, "Be kind to yourselves," and it's like, yeah. We should be kind to ourselves, you know, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. It's a strange concept, but it makes sense because, again, if I can't be kind to myself, then how can I expect or how can anyone expect me to be kind to others? And the same on the flip side. You know what I mean? If, if, if you can't be kind to yourself, then you're probably not going to be too kind to me either we are having significant challenges out there in the world today and it's imperative that we continue continue somehow some way to keep kindness in the forefront of our minds and in our hearts okay what does that mean don't be afraid to to, Chat somebody up, of course, from a safe dis- distance. You got to do the social distancing. But it's okay to say good morning, good afternoon. Hey, just want to say hi to you. As, you, as you're as you moving around in your life or what have you. Even online. Even if you're standing on your back porch and the mailman's walking by or what have you. It's okay. Right? But before you can accomplish that, you need to be kind to yourself. I understand that there's so many people out there who are dealing with some very significant financial challenges right now as a result of, you know, their whole company or their whole industry has just dried up as we're dealing with all the shutdowns as a result of this this global pandemic, this COVID-19 stuff. Don't beat yourself up over that, man. We are going to find a way as a nation and as a world to get over this stuff. So please, don't beat yourself up over that. Be kind to yourselves, right? Be kind to yourselves. And after that, don't beat somebody else up too much, right? It's amazing what happens when we're dealing with challenges in life that we have a tendency to see a lot of the negative elsewhere as well don't, be, don't beat anybody else up too much there of course you can call something out that needs to be called out but be kind to yourselves and be kind to others please that's all we ask for I want to thank my guests this week fantastic guests Christina Orso fantastic Rich Bocchini Billy the construction guy I wanna thank you for joining me. Okay. Join me next week, folks. I'll have some more good stuff. You know, I got I gotta to touch base with my guy, Peter Vesey. You know, the the basketball hall of fame analyst, you know, great guy. Peter, I gotta ch- I gotta check in with my guy Peter. I bet he has something crazy to say and what have you. And who knows, I might get some more folks from the from the food industry. If, if you are somebody in the medical industry and you'd like to come on the show and just talk about some best practices for everybody, please, please get in touch with me. I'd love to have you on the show. If you know anyone in the medical industry and you think that uh, that'd be a good fit, have them get in touch with me. You know, have them come on for 10, 15 minutes and just talk. It doesn't have to be anything too heavy, but I just want to continue to arm my audience. With the best information possible in terms of how we can keep ourselves safe, right? It's important. That's right. One last time be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone.
3: Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time
4: on Duke Love Wrestling.